Don't chop the dinosaur, Daddy. Oh, my God, that tastes so good. Hello, 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 and welcome to Bitecast, the podcast serving up the freshest and tastiest of food-related banter. Please take a seat and grab a drink as you are in for a treat. I'm your head chef for this evening, who can be often found rating pantries or on the socials at Brendan 8-Bit. And my sous chef for this episode is the co-host and editor of the Blowing Cartridges podcast, owner of one of the finest beards and first names on the planet. You can find him on them socials at Tamazoid. Brendan Tam, welcome to the kitchen. What's cooking, my friend? Oh, it's great to be here, Brendan, and awesome name. I think there's not a better one out there, is it? Not at all, not at all. We are virtually high-fiving through the internet right now at the greatness that is the first name Brendan, and you've even spelt it the same, like the correct way, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, no O-N, no E-N, none of this poser nonsense. You are just straight to the top right away, which I love. Oh, exactly. We're literally two peas in a pod, so I think that, that bodes well for the coming podcast. Exactly. Who doesn't love peas? Um, I didn't as a kid, but I adore them now. What about you? Are you, you a pea guy? Are you a strong veggie man or are you sort of still resistant? No, I've always liked peas because growing up, frozen peas was always a go-to thing. Like even just eating frozen peas straight out of the freezer for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know why kids like to do that, but I know myself and my siblings always enjoyed that as a you just chuck some peas in a bowl and you munch on them. And they, it's still a go-to go-to um, vegetable sauce these days. I actually heat them up in a microwave now, as I think it is intended to do. But peas, are, peas get my ticket of approval. Yeah, I was I was fiercely against peas for, for most of my early life. But uh, as I matured and the palate did uh, following those ages as well, was I realized I'm a big fan of peas. Yeah, any, any of the green veggies, really, I'm, I'm very big on. And uh, yeah, peas, raw heated up, frozen, whatever, just to stick them in my mouth. But uh, mate, I think we might start things off with uh, getting your backstory, telling the listeners uh, who you are, what you do, and anything else you want to say before we start talking food topics. What do you reckon? Yeah, sure. So I guess, as, as you said, you, people can find me at Tamazoid. Uh, these days, I run the Blowing Cartridges podcast, which is all about video game cultures, culture and the video games, well, video games themselves. So every um, episode, every fortnight, Myself and my co-host, Zach Clark, we just dive into particular topics on gaming. That can range from topics relating to the music of video games, relating to specific games, or just trends in games and aspects of games like esports, online gaming, board game, adaptations of video games, and just all manner of different things. So we started that during 2020, during the first lockdown in Victoria, since we're both based in Victoria. And We've just continued that since then. And outside of that, I I spent some time working in food manufacturing, actually. So food has always been a topic close to uh, my heart. And uh, I spent many years at university studying history, which had nothing to do with food manufacturing. So I've, I've really uh, set, I, I'm quite a versatile and I guess had a few different diverse experiences along the way. And now I find myself in your fantastic podcast about the talk about food. So it's been a great, um, great couple of years, I think. I'm, I'm happy that the journey has brought you here. And uh, yeah, so 30 episodes thereabouts so far with Blowing Cartridges. I've got to, got to know, though, like there is a bit of sexual innuendo with that podcast name. I love a bit of wordplay. Have you guys done an episode focusing wholly and solely on maybe 
the most um, sexual scenes in games or the highest rate of nudity or the biggest sexual undertones or the most controversial games from a, from a sexual standpoint? We haven't yet, but uh, you, you've given me some food for thought, Brendan. I think this, this will be some good topic inspiration for down the track as we build upon our 30 episodes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, sexy times and blowing cartridges, they just go like hand in hand. So uh, it would make sense to get that episode out as soon as possible so I can listen and have a chuckle along and uh, probably uh, reminisce over all these naughty games I've played over the years as well. So uh, <laughs> uh, you, you've been vetted. So so the way these one-on-one episodes work at ByteCast, we've got four primary topics. You, you have been informed of these topics ahead of time, so you've been able to formulate your thoughts and maybe reminisce on, on tasty meals and memories. But uh, in between... Um, topics two and three, there's going to be a shoot from the hip segment where I've got uh, six rapid fire uh, questions that you just need to, yeah, shoot from the hip. You can't overthink it. Just uh, aim true, aim from the heart and uh, let's see what answers you come up with. You don't know those questions, but the other four, you're across. But have you got any other questions, comments, concerns before maybe we jump into topic one? Uh, Not yet. I've been vetted. I've signed the waiver, so I think we're good to go. That's it. That's it. So listeners, we're going to do our best to try and get this podcast finished in 30 minutes or less. But if it's not the case, you will get this episode for free. So fear not, you are winning either way. But topic one, what food related item or dish would you compare yourself to and why? Well, I think when I briefly gave an overview of who I am, I mentioned the word versatility. And I think something that resonates with that catch word, and it's a food related item, it's not a dish, is a wok. And I think Wok's a, a great kitchen utensil. It's always been one close to heart because as someone who is half Chinese, my father was born in Hong Kong and my grandfather was a chef in, um, in Hong Kong and then in Sydney when he migrated from Hong Kong. And so Chinese cooking has always been close to my heart. And I think the wok is a great utensil for that because you get that great wok flavour when you cook on high heat. I think the, the Cantonese term for that is wok high which means breath of breath of the wok and it's there's some very great dishes that are related to wok cooking and it's just thinking about it from a i guess use perspective it's it's something that's always great if you come home late from work and you're thinking about what you're going to do for dinner you you need to feed yourself you you've worked for eight nine ten hours and you're not really you don't want to do anything fancy but you do need to get sustenance it's great to be able to just chuck some things in a wok add some oil add some vegetables add some meat maybe some rice or noodles and then in about 20 minutes you'll have something to eat so that that's my answer to that first question i like that so so a wok yeah it's 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 a hearty it's a hearty utensil like so i figure you're pretty resistant and uh you know can withstand pressure and high heat situations you're uh flexible you can uh you know i guess adapt to any situation like yeah as you said you can do a whole host of dishes in a wok, so uh, I guess that gives you a bit of utility in life. You can sort of uh, change roles and change requirements depending on the on the need. Precisely, it's it, that, that's what it's all about in my view, and I think that's why that's my my go to choice. I think it's it, it resonates with me characteristic wise. So yeah, great great wok. It, it's a great tool if you don't have a wok. Listeners, go get a wok. It's not not an expensive item, and it will serve you well. That's it. Just just like Brendan will, if you uh, meet him in real life, he's a very loyal and a nice guy, just like a walk. And uh, yeah, got a got a lot of lot of positive use, and uh, hopefully will live a long and hearty life like a walk does. They're a very hardened instrument in the kitchen, and uh, yeah, hopefully you have the same, my friend. All right, 
let's move into topic number two. And this one is what's your guilty pleasure or pleasures if you've got multiple. Uh, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna food shame you here if you've got some some interesting things you want to share with the listeners. <laughs> but uh, Brendan, the floor is yours. Oh, I think um, I, I think I'll be shamed with one of my answers to a future question that's coming up that you uh, told me before the episode. But when I think about guilty pleasures, I think about a time that when I lived away from Australia, I was living in Scotland, Edinburgh, doing my master's degree and a friend of mine or a group of friends of mine actually they sent me a care package and it included some australian staples so there was um some milo they sent me which actually had a really short expiry date actually so that expired I actually couldn't use it but the other thing they sent me in this care package along with other miscellaneous things was a box of dark chocolate tim tams and i've always loved tim tams growing up uh with this growing up with the surname of tam i always get a lot of tim tam jokes it's uh, a burden I have to bear, unfortunately, but I've bared it willingly because Tim Tams are so delicious. They're so nice to eat. It's it's a great food to eat when you're feeling a bit you're feeling a bit down. You want you want a comfort food. It's always been my go to one. And why I say dark chocolate Tim Tams is I'm also a huge fan of dark chocolate. I like that rich flavor. The just the bitterness. It's it's always been one of my favorites growing up. I don't know why as a child I like bitter flavors, but who knows? It's always been one of my, um, I guess it's just down to my palate, but that's why it's always been one of my favourite things to have. And I always try to keep some in the pantry to get out when I'm feeling the need to munch on some Tim Tams. Tim Tams are magical, magical little chocolate biscuits. They are just about the goat when it comes to biscuits for me. I'm, I'm a big Tim Tam fan. I've got an assortment of flavours in the cupboard at all times. Uh, double coat is my go-to. I'm mm-hmm. not a big dark chocolate guy, so I can I can appreciate you sort of being a little left of sensor with the flavor profile there because I know a lot of people are big, big fans of dark chocolate, but that bitterness just sort of hits wrong for me. So double coat is my uh, my Tim Tam comfort food. And yeah, I, uh, anytime I'm feeling blue, I'll usually rip open that blue packet and uh, have a double coat. I, I also appreciate that you said... You keep the Tim Tams in the pantry. You're not one of these heathens that put them in the fridge so they oh, get no. too hard. Exactly. It's that you don't want a hard Tim Tam. They just they just hurt your teeth and the texture is all wrong, I find. I thankfully my growing up, my mum always likes to put things in the fridge. So generally I'm the sort of person who put all like tomato sauce and the like in the fridge, but Tim Tams no, they stay way out of the fridge, my friend. I am uh, virtually high-fiving you again on this one because uh, I agree with that statement 110%. Are you a uh, bit of a Tim Tam slam guy as well? Do you mind uh, doing the old Tim Tam, biting the corners off each and sort of sucking a hot drink through it and watching that Tim Tam sort of crumble and dissolve as you try and eat it? I have done it once or twice for the novelty reason, say I've done a Tim Tam slam. But honestly, it's not a huge thing that I enjoy doing all the time. If I'm like, oh, let's have a Tim Tam slam, I'm... I'd much prefer having my hot drink and my Tim Tam separately. I've, I, I respect that because, yeah, you can go into it a little too aggressive on the suck and you just pull it back too much, then half your Tim Tam just falls into your hot drink and then it's pretty much just gone into the ether and you won't enjoy that uh, <laughs> delicious half of that dark chocolate Tim Tam. So I, I respect that. You know, you've got to, got to tread with caution on a Tim Tam slam, that's for sure. Yeah, got to, got to treat your Tim Tams with respect that they deserve. Amen. Amen. Any other guilty pleasures you wanted to highlight or is that the sort of primary one that comes to mind for you? Oh, the, the other one I can, the other one that would, I, the other one that I would mention if 
I'm pressed to mention another one would be I'm a huge fan of frozen dumplings that you can just pull out of the freezer and quickly boil or pan fry and then you're straight into dumplings. It, it was always a, a, as a poor student, I was always a go for, um, go-to one. And even now I always enjoy digging into some frozen dumplings, particularly when I was, I've, I've lived overseas, I've lived in country areas where you don't, you can't really go down to a local dumpling place and get fresh dumplings. So that that's always been my other go-to guilty pleasure, be it, frozen Chinese dumplings, frozen gyozas or the like, they, they all work, they, they're all very similar and they all go down the same way. And I, I've always enjoyed that. They really do. And, and, and I'll, I'll back that too. I've bought a couple of packets from, from Coles or Woolies or even Costco, the old uh, frozen shumai or hargao mm-hmm. or, or xiaolongbao if I'm feeling a bit fancy because xiaolongbao is one of my weaknesses in life. And uh, yeah, even though they don't hit the same, steaming them and eating them at home from frozen, they're still a good passable little snack or dinner or you know whatever size of serving you're going to have. So uh, yeah, check it out. Anyone that's um, yeah looking for a quick easy delectable snack just make sure you've got a bit of soy and vinegar on the side there that you can mix up and some chili if you're that way inclined and uh yeah enjoy some frozen dumplings like brendan does on the regular would you say once in a while it's sort of a once in a while thing these days but it's it's always a good once in a while when it does when it does come to that time so i definitely echo your recommendation definitely definitely all right something that's also a good time Little, little more frequently though, and that's this category. Shout out to the brothers Osborne for that fantastic drop. But uh, I'm not asking the questions later. I'm going to ask these questions right now. You do not know what's coming your way, so uh, yeah, aim, aim true, shoot fast. Let us know what you think. So the first question: How do you have or drink, or what's your go-to coffee order? My go-to coffee order has actually changed. It used to always because. I guess for a bit of background, I didn't like coffee for much of my life. Even when I started uni, I wasn't a huge coffee drinker. And it wasn't until I got to my last year of undergrad where I did a honours honors year in history that I had to write a thesis and it, deadlines were coming up. And I felt like, oh, maybe I should try this coffee thing. People, people tend to have coffee when they feel under the pump and stressed and uh, low on sleep and need to keep on going. So I really got into drinking cappuccinos and that was always my go-to order, uh, having a cap, generally a large cap um, at the start of the day. And I guess I generally do default to that um, these days. So I'd say right now, if I was to ask myself in January 2022 what my go-to coffee order is, I'd actually say it's an iced coffee because it's been a hot summer in Victoria and that's mm-hmm. been my go-to order for since sort of the start of December. And for me, a great iced coffee, you, you do have to have a scoop of ice cream in there. Like I know some iced coffees don't have ice cream, some will have cream, some will just have coffee and milk and ice, but I definitely think you need that sweetness of the ice cream to go down with it. That's true. And then it almost becomes a bit of a special time snack. It's a bit of a treat when you've got that ice cream in there too. It just, uh, you know, softens that taste even more. The, the fact you didn't like coffee for so long surprised me because when you mentioned the bitterness of, say, the chocolate, I thought, okay, he's going to be a bit, maybe a bit of a coffee fan from a way back too because obviously coffee can be pretty bitter depending on how you have it. But uh, hearing you're a bit of a late adopter, that's interesting. I guess part, part of the reason was growing up, I was never a huge fan of milk. Like I'd like ice cream, I'd like yogurt and the like, but having like straight milk in a cup, like that was in a glass, aside from when I was very young, 
that was never really a thing that I did or my older brother did. My older sister liked um, drinking milk that way, but I never did. And I think part of the reason is growing up, our go-to drink, my, my mum's not a coffee drinker. She was a huge, she's always drunk tea and her, um, she's half Hungarian. So the way they drank tea was you just have straight black tea with maybe a bit of lemon, no milk, so, or no milk or sugar. So I guess I, I like t- um, bitter tea that way, but for whatever reason, it might've been the milk, it probably thinking back, it is the it is the milk part of coffee that I just didn't really enjoy it. But I think just over time, I've become more accustomed to drinking milky drinks, and coffee has fallen into that. And I think one of the reasons why I've come to like coffee so much in recent times is that bitterness. So maybe it was just a bit of a mental barrier growing up. I think that's probably it. But that that that's where I I am now when it, when it comes to all things coffee. Well, we're happy to have you on board now, and uh, yeah, we can we can share a coffee together one day, whether it be iced or otherwise, depending on the temperature. It's been hot today. My God, it's been hot. The rain this morning, phenomenal, but uh, yeah, this afternoon, that heat up down here in Melbourne again just got absolutely bonkers, so please yeah. go away because I like the cold and uh, bring more rain. But anyway, the next question, and shoot from the hip, what's your favourite flavour of ice cream? Ooh, that's a... That's a very interesting question. I, I, from shooting from the hip, I'd say green tea ice cream. I think natural green boy. tea ice cream is okay. Great. I'm a huge fan. It's it's an acquired taste. Um, yeah, my my ex partner was she was big on the matcha flavors for ice cream and, and just about everything else. But I just I just couldn't. Well, I I love green tea. I love tea. I love ice cream. But just there's some flavors that just don't work well on my tongue. And yeah, matcha. Ice cream for me just wasn't it. What's what's the what's the favorite part about this? Like, is it the is it the taste? Is there a certain thing that's that's in that ice cream that hits differently for you? Why why is it top of the pops for you? I think it's just the taste, really. I, I, probably that that would be my one go to. I think I just like that. I find it a very interesting taste. As you, it is an acquired taste, as you mentioned, but I, I just enjoy it for whatever reason. It really suits my palate, and it's. It's one that you don't find, necessarily find all the time and there's some that are better than others, but I think that's that's definitely one I'll go to. There you go, matcha, matcha ice cream. That's, that's a first on the pod, but it won't be the last, no doubt. Okay, the next question, explain to us your perfect piece of Vegemite toast. So let's talk the color of the bread. You know, if you wanted to scale it one through five, five being the darkest, you got melted butter, how much, how, how thick's the Vegemite spread? Maybe you're going to turn around here and say you don't like Vegemite at all, which has happened on here, so no judgment if that's the case. But if, if you do, explain to us your, your favourite Vegemite toast. Well, I'm actually going to have to fall into that category and say I've never <gasps> particularly liked Vegemite, even, even okay. with the taste profile. I just, for whatever reason, I've always just preferred on my toast butter and then I've always been a good big fan of apricot jam or strawberry jam. So that's generally, I'm more of a jam person than a... Um, than a Vegemite or, or to be a bit sacrilegious or Marmite. It's always been yeah, a jam for me. Yeah, we, we don't throw that word around here. That is uh, horrible stuff, the old Marmite. So you're more of a, a sweet than a savoury toast guy, I guess, looking, going the jam route instead of your, your Vegemites. Even, what about peanut butter? Does it does it get a bit of a run? Never been a huge, I don't mind peanut butter, but for whatever reason, it's never been one that I've gone to when it comes to toast. It's always been jam. I, thinking about it, for the first time in a while, seriously. I don't really know why, but that yeah, for whatever reason, it's always been jam. Interesting. I, I do love a good bit of strawberry jam though. So uh, yeah, next question. 
Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Always Coke. Man after my heart. Another virtual high five on that one. And are we talking the full strength or are you going to sort of step that down and say it's got to be Diet Coke or Coke No Sugar or you just want that OG full premium? Oh, it's all about the OG full premium of Coke. And I always felt a bit under siege, particularly when I lived in the UK and they have a sugar tax there unlike here. So your sugar-free Cokes were cheaper than your OG traditional Cokes. And that always offended me. That, That was a deep cut to my heart honestly when i found that out that is very rude like like i get what they're trying to do like as far as that sugar tax like what's the what's the price difference between a, a coke no sugar and a, and a full strength coke if you were to to go into that shop oh it's not it's not much you're talking like i can't remember the exact percentage but off the top of my head it's like it's normal it's no more than sort of 20 30 pence so what that's 40 or 50 cents so like okay. it's a little bit when you're talking like a bottle of Coke, it's a bit of a difference, but it's not a it's not a huge difference. It's enough to wind you up though and get you agitated because uh, yeah, that would frustrate me. I'd uh, I'd be rioting in the streets if I had to pay twenty odd percent every time for my black gold. I'd be filthy. Although I guess you are paying more for a superior product, so that's true. That's true. All right, the the final. Uh, question in shoot from hip it's a two-parter so the first part is what's your favorite fast food chain we're talking national or internationally renowned uh, so we wanted to try and avoid you know local bakery that no one can really sort of touch and, and understand directly so what's your favorite fast food chain and then following up on that what's your go-to order from said fast food chain mm, this is this is a fascinating question and one i'm finding difficult to answer but i think <laughs> I'd have to say Nando's. I've always been a big fan of Nando's and it's one that is dependable wherever in the world you are. You can go to a Nando's and you get a very similar experience. And I guess my go-to order at Nando's would always be chicken and um, you get you get a good you get your good chicken order and you make sure you get a spicy sauce to go with it. No no zero on them or the one on the chili scale. You need to get at least Get at least in the middle to the high ends of that spicy scale. Otherwise, I don't don't know what you're doing in Nando's. Yeah, I, I feel very seen right now. I usually get the, the lemon and herb, I think it is. Oh, I, no. I don't mind a bit of zest with my chicken, with my quarter of chicken and chips, with my spicy rice on the side, even though the spicy rice is not spicy at all. No. It's... But then I'll put a bit of... I'll get a bit of Nando sauce on the side and sort of just dip it on like pour it on my plate so I can dip it in at my level so I can get the heat that I like. Oh, no, that, that's respectable. I'll, I'll give you that. You're not just lemon and herb all the way because I have a friend of mine who is that and no no much respect there. Yeah, it's, it sounds like that friendship's on tenderhooks based off Nando's. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a serious situation. If you're listening, maybe uh, lift your spice game up, my friend, because you might might lose your mate here. Get some, just put some spicy on the side. That'll offset it and it'll maintain this friendship by the sounds of things. Exactly. That is how you maintain respect. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So that ends Shoot from the Hip. So we're going to jump into topic three. And that is what is or are your weird food habits? So my, I had a real think about this when, you, when I was um, confronted with this question. And it brought back a, a memory I had a couple of years ago where I was with some friends and I uh, I got an orange out and it's it's something I do generally when you eat oranges you you cut them into quarters and you eat them in wedges holding the skin which I think that that's a normal way to eat oranges or you peel the orange and then you cut it up into pieces and you can eat it with mm-hmm. a with a fork or spoon or what have you and 
But what I did that time and what I've done a few other times before that, never know why, I, I'll peel the orange and then I'll eat the orange like an apple. I'll just bite <laughs> okay. in. I'll, okay. hold, I'll hold the orange in my hand, like just no skin on at all, and I'll just go for it. Like doesn't end well if it's a very juicy orange, but if it's not a particularly juicy orange, it actually, you don't really make much of a mess. And I, I, I don't know why, but I've always... I've done it a few times. I, I still do it sometimes to, uh, to this day. And I've, I found it, I've always found it an efficient way to eat an orange. But this horrified the two friends I had sitting near me. And they, they just looked at me and, and just ex- exclaimed, Brendan, what are you doing? That, that's not how you eat an orange. And they were horrified. And I've never quite seen horrified faces like that regarding anything food related before that and since that so that's always been a memory that stuck to my mind i i get it like like because comparison to like a mandarin which you can really take those pieces out easily and just eat them one at a time it's hard to sort of break an orange down neatly with your hands so i understand the efficiency and just just chomping it like an apple i get it like i as a kid used to eat whole tomatoes from my lunchbox like that i just <laughs> chew on them like a like an apple or like an orange in this case so I get it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it would raise a few eyebrows, people seeing that for the first time, watching you just go barbarian on this orange. Well, precisely. It, 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 yeah, the, the level of horror, the horrifiedness they had there was will not be matched again, I don't think, any jump soon. I hope you've very aggressively spit the seeds as you're sort of working your way through that orange as well, just, just real angry, just spit them out with force and purpose <laughs> just to sort of show you mean business. Yeah, it didn't really have many seeds at orange, so I was I was saved in that regard, thankfully. Lucky, lucky, because it's so inconsistent, isn't it? Like an orange, it feels like sometimes could have like fifty seeds in it. Like you're spending more time spitting and dealing with seeds than you are eating the orange. But then other times, yeah, it can be seed free. Yeah, well, other times there'll be seeds there, but they're so small that you just eat them on the way anyway. You just suck them down. You know, that's, that's how a real man eats an orange, seed and all. All right, the last topic of the podcast and that is what's your favorite food or dish so if we were to look down at the at the dinner table right now and you had your dream plate of food in front of you what would that be and why i'd have to go to i i'd have to fall back on a childhood favorite of mine and that's a dish called chicken paprikash which is a classic staple to hungarian cuisine i think i mentioned briefly that my mother was half hungarian and that's one of the one of the few Hungarian dishes that was passed on from her grandmother to her. And uh, the other two are beef goulash and chicken schnitzel or veal schnitzel. So those are very classic Austrian Hungarian dishes as well. But chicken paprikash, there's just something I've always been, I've, I've always enjoyed eating it. So it's chicken. There's a lot of paprika in there, of course, because it's Hungarian cooking. And there's always debates over whether you put tomato in wheat, uh, the way um mum was taught to cook it you had you had a can of tomatoes in there and uh generally sour cream and the like and it's just a really nice hearty dish fantastic on a cold winter's day you have it with generally well we do it, it's a bit sacrilegious we generally do it with um potato gnocchi i think the hungarian way you make these things called like oh uh, it's like a sort they call it a noodle but it's really just a it's like a it's a small gnocchi thing that they cook they boil up and it's, it's just a great dish. It's always been, as I said, a favourite of mine. And when I finally got to Hungary a couple of years ago, I, I had it a, a number of nights in a row at different restaurants. You can get chicken, paprikash. You can, they do it with catfish. They do it with all different things. And it's just a, it's a classic dish and it's always been a favourite of mine. 
Interesting. I've, I've never tried it, but it certainly has a flavor profile that uh, intrigues me. I'll need to uh, hunt this down eventually, uh, whether it be with Noki or uh, the, the traditional Hungarian noodle, as, as you said they call it. But uh, I just like to eat good food, and this sounds like more of that. So I'll, I'll let you know if, uh, if this dish and I ever cross paths, because I'd, uh, I'll give you the honest feedback and, and see if it hits the same for you as it did for me. Oh, please do. You'll just have to hunt out a Hungarian restaurant, I think. That's true. That's true. Once this, uh, once this uh, COVID stuff settles down a little bit more, we'll uh, venture forth and see what we can find in and around Melbourne. I'm sure there'll be a few establishments serving up this dish. But Brendan, that brings us to the end of Bitecast. Is there anything else you wanted to say or shout out before we uh, close the kitchen for another episode? Oh, firstly, I just want to say thank you so much, Brendan, for inviting me on. It's been a great 25 to 30 minutes that we've had this discussion for. And as we said at the start, if you want to hear more of my voice go to at tamazoid on twitter search out the blowing cartridges podcast you can find us on twitter you can find us on facebook you can find us on apple Podcasts. you can find us on spotify and all podcast services so if you ever want to listen to us talk about gaming related topics uh definitely jump on and download it and let me know what you think and i think finally we'll definitely have to get you on one day brendan so if there's any topics you want to discuss maybe it will be your uh, sexual related topics uh, will be it would be an absolute pleasure to have you on someday well you're a man after my heart uh, video games and sex are two of my favorite things so I'd be glad to jump on blowing cartridges and talk about that with you guys in uh, great vulgar detail but uh, yeah listeners be sure to rate review subscribe not only Bitecast, but obviously blowing cartridges as well. Uh, find that podcast wherever you consume your podcast because those ratings and reviews, they take no time, cost you no money and mean an awful lot to us in the podcast game because it helps keep those emotional lights on in our hearts and also keeps us tracking in the charts, keeps us relevant, might get new eyes and ears on our content. So uh, just do ourselves a favor and uh, pay it forward in that regard. But uh, after such a juicy episode, I thought what better advert to play us out this evening than the classic McCain's super juicy corn ad from the 2000s. But listeners, the kitchen is now closed, so please settle your tab, tip your waiter, and be safe. Much love, and stay hungry. Super juicy corn cobbets, specially grown to be super juicy. So juicy, they're simply bursting with flavor. Ah, McCain, you've done it again.